Hi, this is Victoria Miracle and Purposeful Woman Podcast. My goal for this podcast is to bring you the best information from the brightest woman in the world. Let's go. Hi, and welcome back to Purposeful Woman. And today we have Olivia Parrud, global thought leader, award-winning and best-selling author, data scientist, and wisdomologist. After a 30 years career as a data scientist and consultant for multiple large corporations, Olivia has concluded that the world needs more wisdom. To that end, she is creating your Wisdom Institute, a platform that offers wisdom barriers access to seekers around the world. Olivia has a BA in mathematics and MS in statistics. Hi and welcome, Olivia. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. That is a, such an impressive bio. I, I don't even know what the MS means in statistics. So well, curious to know. But before that, I just realized I understood that you recently retired from your career as a data scientist. So what has inspired you to build your Wisdom Institute? It's really a life story. So as a kid, I was very mystical and I was ADD, which meant I had trouble concentrating, so I couldn't read very well, but math came easily. <laughs> and, and everybody in my house, all my older sisters and my mother were always reading. And it was a little bit of a rebellion too. So I just sort of played with math, ended up studying math and an MS is a master's degree in statistics. Oh, that one was it. In yeah. Russia, it sounds way different, but master's degree. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, so I got through college, ended up becoming kind of an earth mom and had a few little small businesses, raised kids. And then at some point, I kind of wanted to get back into business because I, I had a little bit of a career after college that I enjoyed. And so that was when I went back, got a master's degree, and then ended up in a credit card bank in San Francisco, where the culture was very fear-based. So here I'd been a spiritual seeker, doing a lot of spiritual growth work while my kids were growing up. And I landed in this horrible environment, this culture that was so fear-based that I was really stressed and I had to shut down that side of me. So my career took off. I ended up writing a best-selling book on data science and was suddenly thrown onto the international stage as an expert. <clears throat> but I never felt like this was my real work. I was in, more interested in leadership and how people acted. And I could see, as I became a consultant, I could see that the companies that treated their people well really did better. And with the change, the pace of change now, the old top-down fear-based models just aren't efficient enough. So this led me to write another book in 2009, which was really about leadership and business and how we need to value humans. So then I spent the next 10 years consulting, really trying to figure out, okay, I know what's needed. What's my role in this? So as I phased out of my data science work, I looked around at a lot of other people in my age group and older and younger who 
were also leaving their positions and I felt like they had a lot of wisdom and perhaps know where to really share it. So that gave me the idea for the wisdom, your wisdom Institute, where I wanna attract people, help them tap their wisdom and really give them a blueprint where they can get out and share it because we all know the world needs more wisdom with what we're going through now. So that was really the impetus for this. And I, I see uh, everybody I talk to is excited about it. So I think it's really going to go somewhere. <laughs> that sounds interesting. So what is it? Could you elaborate a little bit more? What does the wisdom means and how, you know, why do you feel it's important to share your wisdom? There's, as we go through life, many of us gather wisdom. So I see it as this overlap of maybe our, our innate talents and gifts and what we learn and experience and also what we get from perhaps our intuition or I think of it as higher guidance. So I see wisdom as the overlap of all of that. So it could be <clears throat> a little more in one area or the other, but when we get through life and all the trials and tribulations, I even think the more difficulty we have, the wiser we become. And one of my goals, so it's going to be a platform initially, the, the, your Wisdom Institute will be a platform. And I'm focused right now on people who are retirement age, and maybe they've had a corporate career. But I also feel like there's wisdom we don't get from people who really have to survive, like people that live on the street, or even people in the prison system, they may not have made great choices. But I feel like they've got wisdom about surviving and taking care of themselves that might be a benefit to all of us. So that's how I see that shaping up. So what do you find gets in the way of for us to finding and showing up and sharing our wisdom? I think most of us that yearn for this or have been through difficult times, we have often receive messages, maybe as children or along the way, that block us from really expressing ourselves. So personally, I was the third of three girls, and I was a pretty talkative kid, and I got shut down a lot and really felt after a while like my voice didn't matter. I also had a lot of trauma. I lost my father when I was five in a plane crash. And then my mother had to go to work. And so she was gone. So this is why I feel like I gained a lot of wisdom because I really raised, but I had this fear of speaking out and I still work on it. Like right now you can feel my throat or you can probably hear my throat gets a little <clears throat> clogged up because I feel like there's energy blocked. So I'm working through this stuff as I'm helping others. And I talk to so many people who fear even speaking in an interview like this or getting on a video or doing some Facebook live or just being out in front of a group. We know the statistics, <clears throat> excuse me. And we know that there's many people that would rather die than speak in front of a group. We've all heard that. Yeah, it's like the number one <laughs> fear in the world is actually speak in front of the people. Yeah. And this is, it's interesting because back in the nineties, I was in this fear-based corporate environment and I was in a meditation and I was asking for guidance. And I said, why am I stuck here? I just hate the environment. It just was really toxic. And the message I got was, this is where you need to be, to learn the skills, to do your real work. 
And it took me another 12 years to figure out my real work. But I think because I had a terrible fear of speaking in front of a group, <clears throat> but because my data science book was so popular, I was immediately being recruited to speak and paid to speak all over the world. So I really had to push through that fear. Now I'm driving this myself. I'm not being asked from the outside. If I hadn't had those earlier experiences, I probably would never be able to even do what I'm doing right now. So I think that's what gets in the way of a lot of people really expressing themselves is either old messages or being shut down or not having confidence. And what I tell people is just feel the fear. This is not originally mine, but feel the fear and do it anyway, which means you're never gonna be guaranteed anything and you just have to, to take action. And so I'm constantly looking at where I hold myself back. And then I try to take one little step. And that's what I encourage my students to do. Getting ready to launch a course called Rock Your Wisdom, which will help people who don't have any idea how to get their wisdom out there or package it, or even maybe know what it is to just really work through those blocks and find that, that nugget, that what might, some people might think of as soul purpose which is why we're here. And some people say, oh, we may have many different purposes. I feel like I've gotten clear that one of my, my purpose for being here is to fulfill this, to help people share their wisdom. And something that keeps me working through my blocks and my fears is that I feel like all my lessons in life were quite difficult. And if I die and I don't fulfill this, that I might have to come back in another life and go through a lot of trauma again. So that motivates me to keep pushing forward and getting through those, those fears. I love it. Yesterday, we were just speaking with my friend and she said something very interesting that uh, just really applicable here. You said, if you are not going to live through your fears this way, this time, you will live it through them next time. And it's the same, but we were speaking about, oh, probably mind securities in this, in this lifetime, just mm -hmm. a karmic baggage with what I came here and I get to live through them. Mm -hmm. So that the next life, I, I believe in, in reincarnation that our soul travels and have many lives yep. that we will eventually still go through the same insecurities, through the same fears <laughs> yeah. to be able to get, be stronger. Yeah. I can see some people that don't have that much fear. Oh, some people has very different fears from like nowhere. Right. <laughs> so I yeah. could think, oh my gosh, where do you, I didn't even know there is a fear like that to exist. <laughs> and it's that's true. probably from some past lives or something, because it's just unnormal. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did actually some past life regression work around mm. some of my blocks and one of the visions that came. So who knows if it's real, but it felt like a clearing where I was a medicine woman and I was being ostracized for, for healing people. We knew there were great healers, women that were burned as witches because they had these talents. I don't know if it's true, but it seemed to free something in me to feel safer because the environment now is much better where women are empowered to really show up and share their gifts. And I also want to just put a caveat in there because a lot of people say it's now women's time and it's not the men. I actually think it's the real rise of the divine feminine 
So I want to champion men, but they're because they have a divine feminine as well. And we have our divine masculine, which is what drives us to get out and do things. So it's not really men versus women, but the masculine has been running the world for a long time. And now I feel like there's this feminine energy coming in and we can all tap into this divine feminine. Men can be more nurturing and more connected and communicative and women. Now you and I probably don't have this maybe because of our own circumstances, but there's a lot of women who stay in the shadows of a man and now they can find their power and really step up. And I feel like that may be a lot of the types of women I work with because they have great wisdom and it can be from any way that they live their life got thrown into the corporate setting. So I may be unusual in my age group, but I don't know how to can food. And that could be a real skill in the next year to, to and garden to, to take care of ourselves if there's food shortages or whatever might happen. So I feel like I missed out on all these, this wisdom that- YouTube will help you. 10 minutes on YouTube and you got it all, Olivia. That's true. Oh my gosh, that's great. You're right. I should remember that. <laughs> Whenever yeah. you have time for it, you can totally do it. But there is a, such a, a wisdom you're carrying that you're, you're having that vision and purpose that is, I feel like it's a little bit more important than gardening. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. And my daughter gardens. I'll help. She'll, she can help. help. <laughs> And yeah. I absolutely agree with that divine feminine. And uh, yes, it's, I, I don't want to be feminist, but I'm not a feminist. And I, I know there's lots that's going on that, or, or we get a woman that rises and mm. now the woman going to run the world. I don't think so. I think it's, it is true that divine feminine, it gets to be more in place, but it's, mm. we, man has it too. And when men have their divine masculine and their divine feminine in balance, so sexy. they will champion us. They want us to be equals. And we do have our areas, I feel, where we might excel, but not necessarily by gender. There are tendencies in that. And that's great that we can have differences. But I feel like we just, we want to understand we're all, I believe we're all one on some level. And that it's, to me, what the divine feminine is bringing out is it's not about competition so much anymore. We'll always have a little bit of that, but it's going to be collaboration. And with what you and I are doing, we could never do this. I could never do this by myself. So I want to collaborate with others, help them get their businesses going well and get people's wisdom out there. And then that helps me as well. So it's reciprocates. That makes sense. Yeah. Yes. I, this year, uh, last year, the 2020 for me, I heard this phrase somewhere and I wish I remembered who said that because I started to use it everywhere as my affirmation for the day is, it sounds like it's co-creation in collaboration. It's new currency. Mm, I love that. So oh. good. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's gold. Like when everything <laughs> happened in the COVID and a pandemic, I thought that is a new currency because now we only drive business through the who we know already, the collaboration and co-creation and it goes through relationships. And yeah. it's just beautiful to see how lots of people started to collaborate that you will never think they will collaborate and 
just beautiful to see how world come together and that divine feminine it's starting it's taking place in mm. our everyday life more and more yeah i would love to talk a little bit more about actually the feminine masculine because i'm so passionate about this topic and that's what i teach how to do your time management in more feminine way and run everything in more feminine way and would you describe a little bit more for a woman that wants to learn as well, what is that, the divine feminine and divine masculine? How will that represent in our businesses and entrepreneurship? Welcome to our short break, where most people creating great content, but not creating a great opening line. So no one sees it, the actual content. Let your content be seen by start using a proven, pre-written set of highly opening first lines in our content matrix, so you can attract more hot leads and convert more clients. Go to purposefuldaycom forward slash easy content and get your 2021 content calendar using coupon code word podcast to get $10 off. And now we go back to our guest. Like we were saying, I think divine feminine is represented by working together and not, I look at anybody who's even doing exactly what I'm doing and I think, how can I help them? And then in that way, I get helped. Either I learn or I get more business and I don't try to figure it out. I just know that if I really trust that if I come from that place of generosity, that I'll be fine, I'll be taken care of and I don't need to know how. So I feel like that's a big part of the feminine. Another big part of the feminine is listening and just really giving someone my attention. It's such a gift that I think we overlook because we're so busy. And so when I really back uh, back into, but sink into my feminine is when I can deeply listen to somebody and really hear them and not judge them and not try to fix them. And as a consultant for most of my life, I got in so much trouble always offering solutions when people just wanted to share. And I really had to train myself. And now I prefer it to just really listen and then ask them how it feels and try to just be a witness. Because most of the time people can solve their own problems if they just get heard. Now I see the masculine as this thing that gives us forward momentum. So I've had to initiate things like learning things and buying software and getting training and directing people. So we can have people that work for us and we offer them instruction on how to carry out tasks that support us. And then we can have the feminine where we're appreciative and grateful and honor them and listen to them. So to me, it's that yin-yang balance that once we're in it, it can be like this dance and we don't even have to think about it. But initially it could be hard, especially if we're geared one way or the other. And because I raised myself and had to do a lot on my own, I resisted even delegating. I I still have a little bit of trouble with it because I think I can just do it better myself. And it doesn't work when we really want to have a big impact. So that's what drives me to be better at delegating and growing a big team is that I want to have the biggest impact that I can to 
make the world a better place and helps me keep that divine or that maybe not so divine masculine in place where I have to control everything. So that's how I see those things working together. I love it. And I always say, <laughs> if you have a big dreams, you gotta ha have a big team. Oh, that's good. That's good. Otherwise, I, you can carry everything on your own. It won't be possible. There's so much, and we got to let control go. And I'm a you know retire retiring, <laughs> not able to delegating person myself. And it's the more learning, the more you're delegating, the more you trust, the more you believe in people, and the easier it gets. And yeah. look, with the world of technology right now, we have, I'm just like looking at my software on the side, like <laughs> amazing software, the ClickUp that I use. And it's just amazing how many software you can connect, automations that will help you to be more feminine instead of doing and going yeah. through your to-do list. So that's right. And so I remember getting this thought years ago that everything that's linear, like these kinds of tools, can be automated or outsourced. And it's really the nonlinear creative thinking, which to me is from the feminine brain where we give up that linear thinking and just allow. That's where all the new ideas come in. I totally agree. Yep, the best ones. You <laughs> best something. ideas comes in shower and massage and walks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've even seen it, people have this pen and paper, but waterproof to in the shower and <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's great. That you can write it down once right. you like. Yeah, I've done lectures on creativity. And one of the things I share is how the brain works. And we've all had that experience, right? Where we're just struggling with a problem and we can't get the answer. And then we go in the shower or we're jogging or we take a nap and all of a sudden the solution comes. And that's because it's been able to go into the right brain, which is where all the nonlinear stuff goes on and patterns are recognized, you know, and we have these aha moments. And Edison, when he was trying to invent the light bulb, he would sit with a plate of some people say marbles or ball bearings or something, or a spoon or something in his lap, he would sit down in a chair and take a nap. And when he got into a deep enough sleep, it would fall out of his hand and wake him up. And his whole purpose of taking the nap was to get a new idea. So there's even ways to intentionally bring in these creative ideas, but certainly getting away from the computer and going for a walk in nature or going and looking at art can stimulate lots of solutions that we don't even know we have within us. Yes. Massage for me. It's like always, I'm like, can you, can you pass me another book notebook? Oh. He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I was in graduate school, I used to swim for exercise and I was really struggling with one of my homework problems. And underwater, the whole thing came into my mind, like a image. And I was thinking, I'm soaking wet, but I want a paper and pencil to write it down. So I really had to focus on remembering it, which I did, but it was just so funny. Exactly. Like it, is, it is so hard when this thought come in to keep trying to remember it yeah. and, and relax at the same time, whenever you're doing. So yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. I, I usually just do it right away. That's smart. Awesome. Thank you so much, Olivia, for sharing your wisdom. And I am excited for your institute to come in live and have an awesome gift that you're sharing today that I know it's not available anywhere else. It's just a special for our audience. I would, will you share more about it? Yes. Yeah, so if you go to www.giftfromolivia, 
there's a wisdom bears blueprint. So it's a map you can use to start digging into what is your wisdom and maybe what are some ways you'd like to share it, how to package it and opportunities and ways that you can actually get your wisdom out to the world. And for the first 10 people who access it, I will offer a free 30 minute coaching call. So grab it today if you'd like that free coaching call. Thank you. That is awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that oh. just generously with us today. And My it was pleasure. wonderful to have you. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. We also will link all the links that we, Malidia mentioned on the show notes. It's either here or here. You will see it, whatever, whatever you're watching or listening to this show. Thank you so much. And we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you love this podcast, please make sure to rate, subscribe, and review it. And of course, you can get in touch with me everywhere online at purposefulwithdoubleLday.com. And I can't wait to see you next time. Kisses! <laughs>